0: yeah and it's a privilege to even be here and the struggles that we go through like it's just kind of what makes life life and I do think social media culture has kind of ruined the less desirable experiences for us because we think everything has to be amazing at every single part of the day but sometimes the shitty stuff is really like what adds to your human experience you know
1: and get ready to just go with it. What's going on, you guys? Happy
2: Friday, happy hour. We're back with another episode of Just Go With It, and it's our favorite time, which is when we have a guest, and we have a really awesome guest today. She is the co-host of the Already Friends podcast. We love another girly in podcasting. She's also an Airbnb host, and she is a business owner and just an overall queen doing life in her 20s, and we're so excited to chat with her. Her name is Allison Weddig, and we're super excited. We love having guests and getting to know people. So welcome, Allison. It's so nice to meet you. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing. Thank you for such a nice intro. Just really pulled that out of my ass like I always do. Um, (laughs) How are you doing today? Give us the rundown. Where are you at right now? Where are you recording from?
0: Where am I recording from? I am in my studio. So I kind of have a unique living situation. It's basically this like big, long unit that's above a bar. And the back half is where I have the Airbnb. And then the front half is like my apartment slash podcast studio slash private shopping space slash photo studio. It's really just doing all the things. And then directly yeah. next door downstairs on the main level is where my shop is my vintage store. So I'm here. So cool. now, everything's in one place. No commute for you
1: like our dream life a bar and a podcast studio and a store (laughs) and and a place to live
0: no it's super convenient I actually sold my car because I was like uh what do I need a car for like I was literally I had this really nice car it was my dream car and I loved it and then I realized I put on like five miles a week and they were errands that I could have definitely just walked so now I'm rocking the no car life actually wait that's cool my dream n- that's that will never
1: happen but
0: <laughs> yeah so I've kind of just been like saving that money be- for
2: other things I always wonder like I live in Nashville so we don't really have the best public transportation and so I definitely need a car here but I'm always like very curious about like my friend who lives in DC and she just uses public transport and like doesn't have her car I'm like how does that work like crazy crazy stuff it
1: sounds like a dream but we got to get down the public transportation rabbit hole because as <laughs> thrilling as that is <laughs> as thrilling as that is um we wanted to talk to you about a lot of investing in yourself and who you are at this present moment in time investing in your business in your health and wellness and who you are and getting the most kind of at your current stage in life so let's get straight into the the heavy stuff yeah. okay
2: i um, We've listened to some of your episodes and we know that you travel a lot and that's like a big part of you and Kara's life and everything. And so you have this rule, I guess, to not be in the same place for more than three
0: years. Is that it? Yes. So this kind of stemmed from an idea in high school. I was working at this local clothing boutique and after three years, I was like, okay, I love it, but like it's time to move on just to challenge myself and sometimes you know it's really easy to stay in a situation when there's like nothing quote unquote wrong with it besides just the fact of like maybe there's more out there but when you don't know it's hard to be like okay i'm gonna leave this situation or quit this thing on a bet that there's something on the other side like it can be really difficult to do so it's kind of like made this up and for me it applies to a place that i don't own like someday when i buy a house or a property. Obviously, I feel like you would. it's wise to own property for more than three years, but I'm more mean it in a way of like an apartment that has like a year-to-year lease or a job that you're not the owner. So then I went and managed this bar and nightclub and did all their marketing, quit exactly on my three-year anniversary again, and then my boyfriend and I were living where the Airbnb was at this unit, and when we hit the three-year mark, we were like, uh are we going to hold true to the policy or are we going to break it? And it was really a hard decision to decide to switch things up. But as it's been unfolding for the past decade, it's just always gotten better and better. And now I'm like loving being an Airbnb host and it has unlocked so much in my mental space of like, what's possible for me if I just like get the fuck out of my own way and my boyfriend, he played D1 football in college. So he like has always had roommates, like always had this crazy schedule. Then we moved in together right after he graduated. So like he never really got to live on his own. You know, there was always other football players around. And I'm sure a lot of you guys know how college athletes are. They like, they tell you where to be, what time, when to wake up, like where you're eating. And so he just like, hasn't really gotten to have like his own independence without anyone around. And I got that opportunity. Like when I was in college, I lived in two different apartments by myself. And so it's kind of funny because we've lived together for five years now and been dating. And we're like, okay, don't worry, everyone. We're still very much together. We're just going to try not living together for a second and like both work on ourselves. And we went to Okaboji. His grandparents have like a little lake house there last weekend. And we both agreed. We were like, this is the best our relationship has ever been. Like I'm, we're so excited to see each other. We get to work on ourselves during the week and then just get to see the best parts of each other on the weekend and not like dump all of our stressful shit during the week on each other. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. I mean, it's not going to be that forever. So but. interesting.
2: I would like to know what it's like to live with a man because Ashley <laughs> and I have a very experience and I know you're saying it's the better now that you don't cohabitate, at least for your, your relationship and where you're at right now. But what was it like living with a guy? Like, did you have to make huge adjustments?
0: Yes. Um, I just love living alone. Like, I really like things very, very clean, very aesthetic. I'm very particular about what's where. And Clay was very, very accommodating. Like, he was like, you can decorate it however you want. But the way that our lifestyles work our schedules are so opposite. So he wakes up at 3.30 in the morning. and Oh my God, for what? He is a CrossFit coach and a personal trainer. So he is at the gym by 4 a.m., Monday through Friday and usually most Saturdays. I, on the other oh, hand... Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like to wake up at like, you know, a normal 7.30 and stay up until like midnight and sometimes even later. That's just kind of like when I'm feeling really c- creative, the world gets quiet. And so... We, like, he would get home from work at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I would just be getting into, and I work from home and I'd be like, okay, well, I'm just now about to start podcasting and like still in the middle of my work day, you know? And so then it's like, yeah. okay, for him, he's like, well, I'm trying to wind down. I'm trying to make dinner. Cause I'm going to bed at mm-hmm. 8 PM. And so I think if our schedules were more aligned, it, it could have been easier, but we realized mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to not work from home and have this life. And you're not going to not be a crossfit coach so yeah we're just gonna have to like make an adjustment and it it was okay but yeah like i said i think the independence is really nice and i'm also allergic to dogs and he had a 75 pound large shedding dog so that was uh tough and now i'm like ah, there's no hair everywhere everything's quiet (laughs) Yeah, I'm not my arms aren't broken out. I'm not sneezing. So Yeah. All good things. Well, I've been noticing there's this trend sort
2: of with people who are married of kind of having their own space now. Like people are realizing maybe we don't have to share everything, like at least having sort of their own bathrooms, or sometimes even like people for certain days of the week will like sleep in their own bedroom. And to me that sounds like literally so nice. Like I would love to have my own space.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. When Clay and I were in Okoboji, I'll, I'll tell you guys this. I'm kind of in my microdosing magic mushroom era, so we were, like, out on the bow, like... I've been hearing <laughs> so much about this, by the way. It's, it it is is life-changing. We we can do a deep dive all, after I yeah. whatever, if you want. A few years ago, this lady came into my store and was talking about how her and her husband had been married for, like, 30 years, and they had just, like, never done life without each other. So they decided to do one year of whatever they wanted where they could travel but still like they were still married they're like we're not going to like hook up with other people but like let's just go like live a little bit and i said mm-hmm. that to clay when we were discussing if we should try moving out and we both were like yeah i think let's do it but all in all the the topic that clay and i were talking about is society puts so much pressure on relationships to be everything like to be your roommate to be your mm-hmm. best friend to be your romantic partner to be your therapist And that's just like way too much on one person. And I feel like society literally like has normalized codependent relationships to the point where like no one even realizes how codependent their relationships are. Like if you with your girlfriends, Mm -hmm. like imagine your best friend, maybe your mom, your siblings. If I see them once a week for like a couple of hours over the span of a few years, I would still consider them one of my best friends, very close, whatever, like you know, if you, you wouldn't hang out with your girlfriend or your sibling or your mom, probably like five days a week, like that's, you would just be like, okay, it's a little too much of you, yeah. let alone doing that for decades on end. It's like, it's no wonder people break up and get divorced. Cause it's like too much of anything. Like you're just going to get burned out in the same way that yeah. you would if working five days a week, if you don't ever take a vacation. It's so true. Codependency really kind of freaks me
2: out. And I feel like when I think about long-term relationships, like, I've always seen myself getting married and having a family and picturing that for myself. But also, when I think about truly being with one person for the rest of my life, it's a little daunting. I'm like, forever, like every day,
0: like, oh my God, you know? And you go through so many changes too that sometimes I feel like it's hard to be like, am I choosing this for myself or for the relationship? And If you're always around each other, it can be hard to have some outside perspective that's like unbiased and Mm -hmm. not to say like, obviously relationships are great and like, I love clay and we are going to get married, but it it doesn't need to be the only thing going on in my life to the point where I'm sacrificing friendships, Mm -hmm. travel business. Like we just did the eight dimensions of wellness, uh, series on already friends. And it made me realize like, okay. A relationship is like one facet of my being and I am giving it Mm -hmm. a huge piece of the pie.
2: Ashley, I'm curious what your perspective is too on this as someone who hasn't been in an adult serious romantic relationship, like how you view it and when you see like other relationships, what you think about it.
1: It seems like a ball and chain, (laughs) which is why I'm not trying harder to find one because if I wanted – Like I was talking to my other friend about something that was going on and I was like if I wanted to have to be telling someone what I was doing all the time, I would be in a relationship. I just kind of view it as a little bit of a ball and chain because just Mm -hmm. based on the way other people are – like you, Abby's always in relationships. Abby has a really healthy <laughs> – It's the two extremes. Abby has a really healthy th- view of it where she's always doing her own thing. When Abby's in a relationship, she's no different than when she's not really. Mm-hmm. She just has more jokes and stories for me.
2: That's so nice, actually. Thank God. You just have more you fodder because, and jokes. Like, the opposite <laughs> – when I was in high school, I was totally the codependent bitch. I was like, wherever my boyfriend goes, I go. Like, I want to prioritize him. And then I kind of grew out of that. Thank God. But I
1: know I know intrinsically it doesn't have to be like that. It's just from yeah. where I'm standing, it just does seem a little bit daunting.
0: Yeah. Or I think yeah. it's the societal norms because, like, Clay and I all go take a solo trip and we will – text like two times if i'm gone for like a see, week that like, sounds we great <laughs> both, we don't like text all day while they're working like when we see each other we yeah. see each other i'm not like creeping on his location like we are so yes. independent and i feel like the reason people think otherwise is because of how it's perceived by other people like mm-hmm. you know, i've made like some tiktoks or something about like being in tulum by myself and people will comment like you're in a relationship like is your boyfriend okay with that and i'm like what do you mean is my boyfriend okay with that I'm not out here like hooking up with dudes yeah. I'm here for yeah yoga yeah. and healing self-exploration you ever heard <laughs> of it? the only
1: caveat that would get me to be like okay it's okay the ball and chain I someone that just makes me laugh really really hard and that's been really hard to find besides Abby mm-hmm. <laughs> like someone that makes me laugh really where are the funny really men? hysterical yeah <laughs> where are all the funny men at
0: I was gonna say I think humor takes a while to get out of someone like I when Clay and I first started dating I don't think either of us would have said that the other is necessarily funny but then the better you get to know someone you're like okay we have all these inside jokes you can be really silly and weird so do you think humor can be cultivated
2: Can we talk about solo travel? Because you said you just went to Tulum by yourself. And I think in general, I've heard a lot of people actually recently had a conversation with one of my friends who was looking for someone to go on this trip with him. And it just didn't work out in terms of people's budgets and timing and work and everything. And I brought up the idea of like solo travel, because that's like a big thing. I'm like, why don't you just go on a trip by yourself? Like that could be really cool. Um, And he did not have it. He was not interested in doing a solo trip. I'm also someone who like is extremely extroverted and would probably feel very uncomfortable doing a solo trip. But I think it'd be really good in terms of growth. But you're someone who is no stranger to that. So what has been your experience? What do you take from it? And why do you recommend doing solo trips?
0: Okay. I'll back it up to like 2015, which was probably my first big solo trip. I backpacked Europe by myself for like 89 days. Cause I think you can only be over there for 90 days. So I really maximized the time I was over there. And I just knew that that was something I wanted to do. And I wasn't going to wait until someone could go with me. And I have so many theories about solo travel. I, we won't unpack all of them <laughs> or otherwise we'll be here for days, but like when you're by yourself, you're so much more aware of all of your surroundings. Like when you're with another person, the focus is more first on the relationship and then secondary your surroundings. And then Mm -hmm. you can kind of miss a lot, especially when you're traveling. And obviously like, I love my friendships and I, I do love traveling with other people, but sometimes I'm like, if I wanted to hang out with my friends, I could just do that in my own city like if i want to go travel it's because mm-hmm. i like truly want to discover that place or myself and so i do think it's way cheaper can be way cheaper to solo travel because you don't have to ask the other person like well are you hungry do you want to do this like you can just budget exactly as it is and a lot of times when you're with your friends like maybe they want to go to that baseball game or rent that boat or like go shopping and you don't want to and usually with a trip it's like not that many days so you kind of have to do what everyone else what everyone wants to do and i've just Mm -hmm. had so many amazing experiences by myself because like let's say you're at a hostel and you're by yourself you're gonna want to talk to the other people there if you and your friend are at a hostel together you're probably just going to talk to your friend. if you're like sitting out in a garden at a park and you're by yourself and some other people walk by you might strike up a conversation if you're with your friend you're probably just going to keep talking And there have been so many magical moments of people that I met from trips in the U.S., like road trips to destination trips to abroad, that I know never would have happened if I was with other people. And not that one's better or worse. They're just very, very different experiences.
2: Yes, I totally agree. And something that's making me – this is sparking an idea in my mind of – So backing up, maybe a a few years ago, Ashley and I both thought we were going to move to Nashville together, um, and we sort of had talks of that, and then it was sort of like – I was going to do it for sure and I kind of wanted to bring her along and I was like let's do this adventure together and yada yada went back and forth a million times but it ended up I just moved here by myself and it is interesting to look back to and see the ways that Ashley and I have both grown to separately across the country because if I I do think Ashley if we were to move in together and like it would be so much fun it would be like the best thing ever living with your best friend in a new city but I do think
1: but we're also like each other's mm-hmm.
2: crutch yeah it'd be a crutch because then we wouldn't be forced to get out of the house, we wouldn't be forced to go make plans and meet new people and make friends because without it, I didn't know anyone in Nashville, not a single soul really. So I physically had to go outside of my home and see that. And if I was with my best friend, I probably would leave the house a lot less. Like we'd be having a lot of <laughs> more fun just together. Yeah. So it's interesting and I I think the same way about going places alone in terms of bars too. Like maybe not so far like across the world, but like especially for single people, how else do we expect to like meet people? Like it's so hard but you just have to start going places by yourself and that's something that I've learned the hard way cuz I feel like it's just been this past year when I started being comfortable going places alone and It's been really cool. You do have a a better chance of talking to people a lot more. And
1: to what you were saying, Allison, it always the most daunting part of solo travel in my mind is doing an activity and thinking, I wish someone was here with me that could have fun with me too. But if you scale it down, kind of like you were just saying, Abby, I do stuff alone at home and you do end up talking to Mm -hmm. the workers, the people that are sitting next to you way more often, even if it's just like a quick two-minute conversation. It's still like something that I really, really enjoy doing and i don't know i guess it's just not as bad as i thought when the traveling alone when you think of it in that smaller mm-hmm. increments
0: yeah that's so true and there are so many other solo travelers mm-hmm. that you can whatever activity it is like let's say it's a cooking class you're going to you're you're not going to probably do the cooking class a hundred percent by yourself. Like there will be, like you said, other people around, other people participating in XYZ workshop, the workers. If you're even walking around the city, like when I stay at hostels, they have free walking tours at the hostels. There's always someone in the lobby, like waiting to strike up a conversation. If anything, now I feel like I'm at the point where all like solo travel and I'm 28 and I, I did a lot of hostile solo traveling where i with the intention to meet other people when i was younger that now i'm like okay i kind of like want to actually just be by myself here (laughs) because my life is really stimulating and social that i'm like it's actually i have to work to try, try to get alone time on a solo trip which is crazy if you think about it where is your favorite place you've ever traveled to by yourself probably Hvar, croatia backpacking summer trip of Europe which was when I was like 19 I didn't have a, any plans I got off the flight didn't even know what a hostel was didn't have anything booked for the whole 3 months and was just like standing there like okay well what where am I going to go and I was in Belgium The only reason I started in Belgium is because my great grandma is from there and I was like okay sounds like a good place to start it was like the only thing over in Europe that I had any slight connection to. She literally lives in Kansas. like She's not even there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I just like had a good time, met one person, then ended up in Amsterdam. And then that person told me to go here and here and here. Long story short, I was in Venice and I met these guys out at the pool at the hostel. And they were like, we're going to Croatia. And I was like, I don't even really think I've heard of that. And they were like, come with, meet us there. They're like, we're flying. And I was like, well, I have a Euro pass. So I'll train down and I'll meet you guys there. So I go and I end up staying at this hostel that had like a work exchange program. And after a few days, since I had no plans, they were like, Hey, we need people to help out. If you want to be the pub crawl leader and like help in reception a little bit, like we'll let you stay here for free and we'll pay you like, Twenty five dollars a day, but I also got free food at the hostel. So when I was nineteen, I was like, "Sign me the fuck up! Like this is such a good deal! Like you're gonna, I get free drinks at these bars. I to stay in Croatia. Other people are gonna cook for me in the sunshine in the summer. Like yes, can I stay forever? (laughs) Perfect deal. Yeah, yeah. And so the other pub crawl leader, his name was Vana. He was from Australia. Him and I just tore it up that summer. Not like together. Like we were not in a relationship. Like we just had, we were leading everyone around to these bars at night. People would invite us on their boats, on moped tours to music festivals. Like it was a time and a half. Oh my god
2: I feel like my toxic trait is literally anyone I met abroad if I was on a solo trip I would fall in love with and
0: I would be like I have all
2: these boyfriends what
0: do I do now <laughs> oh 100% that's actually what led me to getting fired there was this super cute guest he was also from Australia and I fell magically in love he like bought me you know how I like all touristy places like down by the water there's usually like those uh bracelets yeah. He like bought me bracelets and was like, okay, you can be my like, my Croatian girlfriend. And we just like hung out there and did stuff for like two weeks. And I like literally thought I was gonna marry him. Like I haven't seen him since, obviously.
2: <laughs> that's so <laughs> fun though. Also the bracelet thing it reminds me so much of One Tree Hill, like Nathan and Haley, the, the gifting of the bracelets. I still so have cute. it <laughs> in my in my little Europe book. Oh, as you should. That's like such a cool memento from a really cool memory. Like that's awesome.
1: And that never would have happened if you were with a friend for people that I don't think the world's a big, scary place. I think as long as you, you know, eyes and ears open, you're probably okay. But for people that are nervous about traveling alone, especially internationally, what do you think about that? What, what words of wisdom do you have for the the people that are spooked? Safety wise. Yeah, Yeah, I would
0: definitely say that building up those street smarts is like a skill and to practice them at home where you know which areas you feel safe in versus where you're like, okay, I'm kind of getting a little bit sketched out here and do more and more things within the vicinity. Like maybe go drive three hours to the next big city near you. Do your whole day. Maybe turn your phone off for a couple of hours and see if you have a panic attack when you don't know how to get back to your car. Like, practice those things where you feel safe because your phone is going to die when you're in a foreign country. You're not going to know how to read the signs. Like things are going to happen. So the more that you can practice that within the comforts of your own home or a nearby city, I think the more confident you will feel when you're abroad and you're like, oh, I need to figure this out on the fly. Probably my number one recommendation would be to get – equipped with like navigating if you do if you need your phone to get to the grocery store in your own city still or like to your friend's house really really try to hone in on looking up a, how to get somewhere and then memorizing it and try to get there without looking at your maps because there's a lot of places like when i was in marrakesh in morocco like obviously you have the google maps app on your phone but like it literally was not accurate there Like, so I just had to be like, okay, well, that's the address. I'm just going to have to keep walking and ask people along the way how to get there. In summary, try to fine tune those skills at home. Yeah. So you feel more confident in them. Um, Yeah. Something I've always struggled with is being directionally
2: challenged. And my mom's like the worst I've ever seen. And I feel like I got it from her. but. I've been trying really hard actually recently of like trying to get around just Nashville. Like I've only been here for about a year and a half coming up on two years, but I like really want to be able to get around in my own city in LA. It was like a whole separate thing. So that's just a beast of a city to like tackle, but here it's like pretty manageable. And I feel like that is such a good applicable skill. Like people used to be able to get around with maps. Okay. Like physical maps, they would have cross country trips. Like
0: what has our generation turned into? Like we can't get anywhere to me the most helpful thing to become more directionally cha- unchallenged directionally savvy is to imagine cities from a bird's eye point of view like when people are coming to visit Omaha and they are like be in my store and we're talking about it I will like pull up the map and I'm like look at it from above like for some reason when you're on the street level I I totally understand how it's you're like I I don't know which way is north or south or what's happening but when you can imagine the city from above and you're like okay well i'm here and i know that that thing is that way it helps you figure out like which direction you need to go and like how far away something is going to be
1: yeah anytime that i've traveled abroad or anything I've always looked at a map from above and that's always made so much sense in my mind, Abby. <laughs> I feel like I can what get it around What is up with men being it. so
2: good at directions too? Like, what, like what's in their brain that just helps them? They're always 10 steps ahead. Because they're
1: one track mind. No, yeah,
2: maybe it's their <laughs> one track mind. But I swear whenever I'm with a guy, they'll go somewhere once and they'll be like, oh yeah, I know how to get back. And I'm like,
0: literally how? How? No, that's- It's crazy. Definitely, I got it from my dad and I can do that too. Like if you give me an address, I can get there. If I went somewhere eight years ago, I'll drive right up again. And so like with anything in life If the more you do something like it's just gonna become second nature eventually and then you'll be like oh it's like riding a bike really glad I have this skill now
1: how do you prioritize both financially and on the calendar all of these trips because you're also taking ones with people too I'm assuming in addition to your solo trip so that's a lot of trips
0: when I was in my early 20s I definitely prioritized travel above anything else I'd be like should I eat dinner out? And I'm like, "Mm, that's a meal that I could have in another country. Like I would literally (laughs) always think about travel. Yeah. But I think with anything in your budget, like you're always, no matter how much money you have, you have to allocate things some direction or another. So I think it's easy for people to be like, oh, how did you come up with money to travel? And they don't necessarily see like, what did you sacrifice in other categories in order to make travel possible? So, I like hardly ever shopped, which is now why I own a secondhand and vintage store because I've always been like, okay, well, I have the option to get clothes at a thrift store for very, very cheap. So why would I spend hundreds of dollars at online shopping and just finding other ways to get what I still wanted for a cheaper price? And even within traveling, being able to do it as cheap as possible. Definitely now, I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day. When I used to travel, I could rough it so hard. I'd be like, oh yeah, give me the $6 a night hostel. I'll sleep in my car. Like, I'll have a granola bar for lunch. Like, whatever I could do to travel and be in another place, like, I would make the sacrifices, fill up my water bottle a million times. Like, but now as I'm 28, I'm like, you know, a a good bed is is kind of desired and I also feel like as my my personal apartment and home life has gotten better of course when I was in college like living with roommates life's crazy or you're young like you're just happy to be traveling and now I'm like well if I'm paying to go somewhere I want it to be like at least as kind of nice as my apartment yeah it doesn't need (laughs) to be white lotus but maybe we don't need to rough it so hard and so kind of like I said about selling my car like whatever your priority is like you can come up with money for something you're just gonna have to give up something in another area
1: oh I was gonna say kind of switching gears a little bit since you brought up your business what so you have the Airbnb you have your store which is a secondhand physical store right
0: brick and mortar correct yep (laughs) and then what else do you have going on I won't get into the weeds of it but basically like I had a secondhand brand that evolved more and more like I just used to do pop-ups like it was this tiny little thing and then the pop-ups got bigger and bigger and then I moved it into where I am now and actually branded it as new wave rather than just like promoting it on my personal Instagram that I was having this random pop-up and like legitimize it did the legals pay in my sales tax all that so it's been on paper legit as new wave for three years but the secondhand and vintage industry is very, very hard to scale because it's not like, okay, let's say you have this candle business. You can't just like make more secondhand clothes. It doesn't work like that. Like you don't order Mm -hmm. more, you don't just get more candles. You don't just sell more digital downloads. The podcast episode can't just like how it just reaches more ears. So the demand was way higher than the supply. Mm And I was just burning myself out by constantly trying to keep up on really quality inventory. Because yeah, how you sourcing the clothes? I'm curious. Literally no secrets. Like, I'll just go to thrift stores, garage sales, antique shops, friends' closets, my closets, wash everything, tag it, steam it, whatever, put it out. But that is a, a pretty time-intensive process. Yeah. And there weren't very many people in town doing that. So... Imagine like going into a thrift store, how long it would take you to find like 10 amazing pieces just as like one individual, right? Yeah. I'm selling through like hundreds yeah. a week. Like imagine how much time that would take you to go find, yes. yeah, 250 like badass items and wash them and tag them and put them out and then actually run the shop to sell them, pay in your paying all your taxes, be a human make your own bed, go to the gym. Like it was just like very, very hard to do it all. So I started having the idea where I was like, okay, if I'm experiencing this, there's probably a lot of other secondhand resellers that are also experiencing this. And maybe we could all work together and we could have a little time off. We could take turns running the shop. If one of us goes out of town, the other person's inventory is still there. So I started... Mm -hmm knocking on doors aka dming other resellers being like listen I've got this idea I've had it for a few years like I think we could make it work and so two other people were willing to own that business with me so there's three of us on paper as the owners of 1404 collective because I was like well I don't really want to like sell them part of my business because like I already work for this and I don't want to buy into their business because like I we just need a new top of the umbrella Mm mm-hmm and so there's three owners, but there's about 25 other resellers at the shop. So we all just split wow. up paying the rent. We take turns working the shop. I'm literally making the same amount of money as I was with like 10% of the effort. I'm like, why the fuck did I not do this three years ago? I could <laughs> have saved so, smart. so much like hassle and stress. So yeah, to anyone out there, whatever industry you're in, like if, if you're having a hard time Keeping up with it, and I also feel like society makes you feel like you have to have rocket ship growth, which is just so unsustainable and a great way to lead to burnout and terrible work life balance. See what see if there's other people that are in your same struggle bus, and maybe you guys can collab and keep things afloat a lot more realistically.
2: So what you have to do is just make friends, and then everything (laughs) gets easier. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: <laughs> that's, that's what it all boils down to. And then with both Airbnb and your store, what is something that you did not expect to be so difficult when you first started out?
0: So crazy. I mean, that now that this was so hard, but at the very beginning, one big thing was just like the taxes and the accounting. Like I just didn't understand who I owed money to and when and how to pay them. Like I was just so overwhelmed. I literally thought if I like didn't make a a tax payment that they were just going to come handcuff me and like throw me in jail. Like I was like, so terrified
2: (laughs) sending people straight to your door. uh, Yeah.
0: Like that's literally what I thought. And now, so then I hired an accountant, learned a lot. Now I don't have an accountant because I figured out how to do it on my own. And like, just so sales taxes do the 20th. If you pay in monthly, otherwise you can pay in quarterly, whatever, just all the tax things. There's so many nuances, but I can just e-file and pay it like I'm paying a credit card. And I'm like, whoa, I literally used to have like a full blown mental <laughs> breakdown every time I had to like make this payment and keep track of everything. So building systems that make a lot of sense using an app like IQ, so that all of your miles just go in the app. It's not like another thing to think about. With the mm-hmm. bank accounts, I have five checking accounts. So everything, this is actually like, if you are an entrepreneur or want to be someday, like if you listen to any part of this episode, listen to this part, I have five bank accounts. So everything funnels into the revenue. Then mm-hmm. there is the operations account, the tax account, the profit account, and then payouts account. So everything that comes into revenue, I look at and divvy out the right percentage to all the other accounts. And it this really helps me see how much money I actually have versus what... The taxes that are not mine that's the government's money so i sh- don't need to even pretend that that's in my account mm-hmm. outstanding things that need to go to vendors or whatever that goes into another account and then your profit account how much you actually get to take home after all of these other things are done and that has just made my life so much better like you can it's not like it costs more to open more checking accounts
1: and it, so you're not just up at midnight, panicking, combing through receipts with a highlighter,
0: <laughs> rocking yeah. back and forth. <laughs> exactly. Because then I can go to the operations account and be like, okay, well, any of the statements in here. So when I go to do my taxes, every single transaction in the operations account was an operation charge. Every single yeah. charge in the tax account was tax. It just like makes it so easy. And yeah, it seems way more organized. Yeah. Like, with any business, like, there's so many systems you can put in place behind the scenes, like, when you step back and, like, aren't in fight or flight for a second that you're like, okay, if I if I spent a few hours working on this process, would, how many hours would I save, like, every single week yeah. if One I took of my a little friends-
1: time? One of my old friends used to always say as a joke, but it's true. With discipline, there's freedom. And she would say it about a joke, as everything. It was Maggie a uh, joke all the time, but it's actually true. Like with working out, the more disciplined so you are, the more free true. you are to eat other stuff instead of trying to catch up all the time. And with this too, like you said, you're saving yourself hours just by having discipline. You're so, so right. Put I love that. One that one in my back pocket. It's <laughs> actually so good, Ashley. I love that. Maggie came up with it. And you know, why don't was, you? Why don't we say that more? Wait, Let's we can re- start saying it. discipline, there is freedom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so switching gears a little bit over to wellness and kind of a healthy mindset. This wasn't on our roster to talk about, but you did mention microdosing.
2: <laughs> uh, we're all we've made it back. There all roads lead to microdosing. All
1: roads to that, <laughs> and there is no one that we can think of that we would possibly ask about this aside from you sitting here right now. So <laughs> have at it. Tell us about it.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm an open book about it. So you can literally ask me anything. I. Just feels so cold to talk about microdosing on like every platform. If it wasn't a total felony in Nebraska, still, I would like shout it from the <laughs> rooftops and like hand it out on the streets like they do with alcohol. <laughs> but it just has the power to help mental health so much. And so I stopped drinking. I haven't drank alcohol in two years, which was a big 180 from my That's party big. girl, uh, ban- managing a bar, and nightclub lifestyle. And once I stopped drinking, I was like, oh, I have a lot of anxiety that I didn't know was under here. Uh And then, no, I went to therapy. I did 200 yoga classes last year. I have great work-life balance. I'm like, how do I still have such bad anxiety? Like, what is this stemming from? Like, I have a great relationship with my friends and family. I could, like, not figure it out. And I just... I went to Joshua Tree for the month of January. Me and my mom, we just we had a nice little time. We we hate winter, so we escaped the cold. And I just started doing a lot of research on microdosing and positive effects it could have on mental health. I would definitely recommend listening to the uh, Huberman Lab episode on it. Do you guys ever listen to that? I have heard of it. I've, I've heard never of it. listened to an yeah. episode. Okay. He has a PhD and he basically like completely unbiasedly talks about very controversial topics and will be like, this is the stigmas around it. This is scientifically what's going on. These are the pros and cons or whatever. And people can decide whatever from that. It's a, it's a really cool podcast, but he has one on psilocybin. So I don't want to act like I know what I'm talking about from like an actual mushroom level. So you can go listen to that, but just found a lot of podcast episodes because really podcasting is like the only place that you can really find a lot of information about mushrooms like people don't really post about it on instagram because you're like don't want to have this like i don't know trail like again now my fear of the irs knocking about taxes is currently like the police coming and like yeah it's just switched to a new government (laughs) government (laughs) said about mushrooms we're coming (laughs) um So I decided in January, I was like, I'm going to do one big mushroom journey. And I don't know if I could go back, if the first time I ever experimented with mushrooms, if I would recommend doing just a major journey right out of the gate, I think it would probably be better to uh, dip your toes in. Mm. The effects, they say, of like a big mushroom journey can help alleviate or eliminate depression for six months to a year. One mushroom journey. And so wow. I was like, I've got nothing to lose. Let me just do it. And the realizations that I got, even just from one mushroom trip, like st- I still think about them like every day. So since then, that was, I think, probably like the end of January, early February. I have done like a tiny, tiny microdose about every other day since then. And I used every to think day? every other day. Like right now, like I definitely took a little microdose this morning and I used to think that like if someone was microdosing, you know, like with alcohol, you can just like become incoherent so quickly. I kind of associated like doing mushrooms with being not able to do your regular life. It's very, you can very much still how I'm talking on a podcast. You can like work out like by doing a little microdose. So do you think it's helped a lot with your anxiety and depression? So so much. I feel like what it really did is it made me had a lot of ego deaths of just being like, why do you care so much? Like you're Mm -hmm. not that important. Like like not. No one cares. Everyone just cares about themselves. No one like. Of course we all care about each other. But at the end of the day, people care about themselves. Like no one's paying attention. You're fine. Like these things that you're trying to make absolutely perfect one in a thousand people is going to notice, like just be present. And I think there, I don't know if this is like a proverb or someone famous said it, but it's like depression is really worrying about the past and anxiety is worrying about the future. And I would just be so worried about like everything that could go like, how am I going to get this all done? And now when I make my list in the morning, I'm like, okay, all of these tasks, like these could take like an hour. I have like 20 hours, so I have to go to bed or like Mm -hmm. 16. Why do I not think that the math is not going to math? Like I'm going to get it done. Mm -hmm. And the more present I am, the more time slows down. And then I'm just like, oh, literally everything is fine. I support this so hard because
2: I'm in my floating rock era, I like to call it. And I keep preaching from the rooftops that we're living on a floating rock. And I know this can be kind of like, maybe a dangerous way of thinking to a certain extent. But in general, I think it's helped me kind of put things into perspective. And I keep telling all my friends, we live on a floating rock, partially as a joke, but partially I'm like kind of serious because I just see so many people overthink everything, like certain messages to a boy or a decision or a conversation they need to have at work or literally anything. And I just, I'm like, you guys, let's take a step back. Is this going to matter in a year? Is it going to matter in a month? like yeah. probably not like, like we live on a floating rock say what you want to say feel what you want to feel go where you want to go I'm so much like in that headspace right now and I've also been very curious about microdosing so I feel like those two things are kind of aligning maybe I'll
1: try our other friend calls it dust mentality everything's dust nothing nothing <laughs> <Dust. mattered>. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I could not agree more do you, yeah do you guys want the 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 main lesson that mushrooms taught me the first—I've never even talked about this on our podcast or like—oh hell yeah, hardly yeah. with anyone. DMZ exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel like everyone try to pretend you're on mushrooms and stay with me for a second. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna get really woo. Get in that headspace. <laughs> yeah. Get in floating rock mindset. So depending on what, it, get your religious beliefs out of the way. Just imagine that there's like one tiny little dot, and we're gonna call it is. This is at the beginning of time before anything was ever created. Whatever if there weren't questions or the desire to create or do more, we would just have is, we would would literally have this period dot little thing, but Mm -hmm. by asking like, what if I made something? What if I had like any question you could possibly ask, like gets you moving away from is and expanding and creating and creating more and more and more. And eventually every speck of, something in the universe just kept asking more questions to evolve further away from like that dot of is because if if you're really sad you're going to ask yourself like what could i do to increase joy in my life well then you're really joyous and you're like okay everything's going too well how what what else what else could i do to improve my life so you're like constantly moving away like the rings around saturn basically like around this dot like uh, and if you don't you would just be sitting there and you would just be is same mm-hmm. with everything in the universe. Like, well, I need to eat. I need to go do this thing. You're just constantly moving and moving. And every emotion I feel like is like um, like a linear line going back and forth. Like you can only experience one emotion as deep or as far as you can experience its inverse emotion. So let's like take love and mm-hmm. fear. Like you can only experience as much love as as much fear as you know, like that fear of being alone, mm-hmm. as much joy as the deepest sadness, because they're polar opposites on this point away from is. So the the more and more life that you do and you experience and you experience deeper emotions and ask yourself bigger questions, you can get further and further away from is. And, you know, they say like take up space mm-hmm. as like a quote to me. That's like you're, you're moving away from that center dot of, Expanding your ripple, like in the universe, I guess. And so, rather than getting upset by, like, well, how come I always want to improve and do more and like I'm never satisfied? That's literally wired into your being because if you were satisfied, you would stop and you would cease to exist and you would literally just be is and then nothing would yeah, be, and you would just be thing.
2: complacent and life would be boring. That's so cool. Something that I'm no stranger to is feeling emotions very deeply, partially because I'm a cancer and partially just because like I'm an emotional girly, but I really do feel things so deeply. And I've always, I used to view it as a crutch a little bit, like God, sometimes I feel like I can't even get control of my emotions, but sometimes I view it as like a strength or like a superpower because I get to experience like the full scope of the range of emotions and the full scope of humanity. And I would so much rather prefer this over just kind of being in the middle and just not feeling anything deeply on either end of the spectrum. Um, but that's cool. I wish people could see your little hand motions that you're making. <laughs> oh, with, that's like, true. I didn't realize no the one. The web that me. you were creating, I <laughs> hope it tracked in audio. But that's, <laughs> well, that's like something you experienced on your trip, like that whole – that image of is and everyone moving from that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I love how you just said like you – are happy to experience those emotions like if you think about yourself and your soul you know they say your soul has a body it's not that your body has a soul and if you came here to have a human experience then that's why you came to have those emotions that like it, when I start to get stressed I'm like okay my soul came down to earth to have a ex- human experience what is my little sim gonna do today? Let's take her to the coffee shop. Yeah. Let's get her dressed. Like <laughs> if you can, like take yourself out of your body for a second and just be like, wait, I want to be nice to my sim today. Like let's let's give her good. I sleep. saw a girl saying this on TikTok
1: too. She's like, <laughs> really? I commend- yeah, this is so funny. Yeah, I pretend that I'm a sim and that I need to like do something for her today. <laughs> That's what I- the girl was saying. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, I need to like connect with her. I've like been yeah. saying this since college because I would I loved loved Sims when I was a kid. Like I recreated like my entire neighborhood and everyone I know on Sims. But, and I think that's why I have always made my interiors very aesthetically pleasing. Cause I think of myself as a little Sim. And you remember how the meter would go up if the, if the Sim liked its environment, like you'd hang a painting, it would like go up a little more, you'd, like put wallpaper <laughs> up and go up more. <laughs> yeah. And we're just little Sims in the whole mm-hmm. world. And when you go somewhere that's like very low vibrational, not fun. Like, of course your experience is going to be affected. Huh. Sorry, I took us very. So I took us really of this out there from a couple
1: little <laughs> mushrooms. Is I why feel it. like
2: we need to like sit down in a dark room and like unpack all of it yeah, for yeah, like yeah. An
1: hour. <laughs> but the point is, it's a privilege to feel all of these emotions,
0: both good and bad. Yeah, and it's a privilege to even be here and the struggles that we go through. Like yeah. it's just kind of what makes life life. And I do think social media culture has kind of ruined the less desirable experiences for us because we think everything totally. has to be amazing at every single part of the day. But sometimes the shitty stuff is really like what adds to your human experience. Yeah.
1: It's like you when Abby puts on sad music to cry even harder.
0: <laughs> I like to lean into the bit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and you know um Tony Robbins like one of his big things is he says like if you're going to blame your parents Blame, like, blame them for the good stuff that they gave you, too. Like, for example, uh-huh. I won't get into like my high school trauma or whatever, but because of what happened in my family, I had to become very independent at a young age, like 15, 16. And I used to blame my parents for that. And now I'm like, wait, one of my favorite things about myself is how independent I am. Yeah. So, yeah. if if i'm gonna take blame them for the bad stuff i also got to blame them or blame them for the good stuff too you know yeah yeah, and that's thanks, true of any relationship drama. like an old
1: like significant other relationship or friendship that doesn't exist anymore like blame them for the good stuff too not just the bad stuff mm-hmm. good point that's everything's
0: fun. a lesson you know everything it really is and then you take that lesson into your next relationship and you're like okay i'm gonna try to do it a little better this time mm-hmm. same as like a work experience and you're like okay try to we're always trying to improve
1: really quick besides your own podcast which you can repeat again at the end of the title besides that any other podcast or book recommendations that you think people would love benefit from or just find fun and silly apparently the huberman lab is one yes that was one
0: yeah yes that one i love almost 30 and then they also started doing their morning microdose so of course that one's like it's honestly a brilliant concept of their whole show. They take little like five to 10 minute snippets out and they have one every single morning. And it's just kind of like a potent, here's a great way to start your day. Like here's this little lesson. They're kind of thought is like play it while you're like on a walk or making coffee. Mm -hmm. So I do love that one. Um, To be magnetic. I love the authentic sex podcast. Like Mm. they, Oh, you guys can just listen. She doesn't, now her content, you have to subscribe to her website, but she has hundreds of amazing episodes backlogged. Uh, books. If you're creative, Big Magic was really powerful for me. The Four Agreements. Um, I love the, uh, the Diary of a CEO. And Alex Hormozzi is probably my, the number one person inspiring me right now. He has a podcast called The Game and a YouTube channel.
1: Very you cool. really all out. Some people are sputtering when we ask for recommendations <laughs> and then they've got nothing. So, where can the people find you? What is your store called again? Your
0: podcast, your Instagram, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Pimp yourself out, all of your business ventures. Oh, my goodness. Okay. If you guys want to come to Omaha, Nebraska, that's where the Airbnb <laughs> is. On my way. <laughs> On my way. I do have a little side brand at the Omaha local, which is where I post like all my favorite Omaha stuff. So, which you would be surprised. A lot of people end up in Omaha because we have like Berkshire Hathaway, the Olympic swim trials, cultural series. It is mind blowing how many people are like, wait, I never thought I would come to Omaha. And then I listen to your podcast. Suddenly I'm like moving to Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Airbnb is here. The shop is 1404 Collective. It's right next door. The main thing I'm really trying to lean into right now is my one-on-one creative consultations. Those are just on my website, which is like LinkedIn my link tree on my social media which is just allison wedig a-l-l-i-s-o-n-w-e-t-i-g i I just think i i feel like there's so many courses and mentorship programs out there that are like thousands of dollars and i'll charge like 50 to 100 bucks for someone to just hop on for an hour that's like hey i just have this like one question or i have this project i just like need some feedback on yeah i'm like yeah i love that let's talk yeah that's so
1: cool uh, stunning well thank you so much for chatting with us we covered a everything from traveling to <laughs> microdosing. we covered it all but thank we you went so on much. a mushroom
0: trip and back
1: yes, and back
0: <laughs> yeah we we really went a lot of places
2: yeah so fun journey but all jokes aside thank you so much for sharing your experiences and for your honesty and your vulnerability it's been so nice chatting with you and getting to know you um gonna be an already friends girly after this too and keep listening to all yes. of your episodes because we support women in podcasting and we love that so much. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure, Allison. Thank you guys so much for having me.